I don't understand what it is that clicks in my brain with foundation piecing because I can't reverse parallel park a car to save my life. Like I cannot figure that stuff out. I will like trip over a bump in the sidewalk. Like I am not great with that sort of spatial stuff and what's going on around me. But when it comes to foundation piecing, there's just something that clicks. You're listening to Fussy Cutters Club podcast, a show that gives you permission to cut into the good fabric so you can make quilts you love. And now your host, who believes it's not a crime to love using novelty fabrics, Ange Wilson. Welcome to Fussy Cutters Club podcast. A super special episode today. We're talking to one of my quilty BFFs, Christy from Quiet Play. If you're unfamiliar with Christy, she is a foundation paper piecing ninja. She has five lines, I think, now with Riley Blake Designs. She is the art and creative director for Make Modern Magazine, a digital quilting magazine that's been around for a number of years. She's a fabulous human being. She's very funny, has a sultry voice, as you're about to hear. We have bonded over a love of many different and varied things. We've been to Houston Quilt Market together. She is one of my favorite human beings on the planet, and she's about to release a fussy cut challenge for all of us that involves foundation paper piecing. I'm excited for it because foundation paper piecing and fussy cutting is not one of my strong suits, and so I'm looking forward to learning some skills. So let's get chatting. I've just had a blank on who you are. (laughs) You forgot my name already. How many years have we been friends? Obviously not enough. <laughs> this is Christy from Quiet Play. Hi, Christy. Yes. You're, Hi, Ange. You're in um, Toowoomba with Queensland and I'm in Townsville, yes. Queensland. I found out an interesting fact about Toowoomba this week. You guys are Did number you? two on the top ten cities in Australia for, drumroll, swearing. Swearing, yes, yep. What a claim to fame. <laughs> Yeah, we don't even yeah, make the top right. ten. Oh, I will rain. I know. Well, I'll rain it in. All right. Hey, but we also have lamingtons here. Like Toowoomba is apparently known for lamingtons. Oh, really? I learned that recently. Oh, yeah, I love a good lemming. So that's better than swearing. Yeah, I take the lamington right. over the swearing. Um, but yes. Yeah, so I yeah. thought I was chuckling so hard when I heard it because I'm like, I know just a little potty what? mouth that's gonna no. <laughs> I don't know what you're no. saying. I don't know who you're no, talking about. Me neither. No. So you're, I'm really no. excited because, <laughs> enough about swearing, you do foundation paper yes. piecing, which is my arch nemesis. Yes. And I point everybody to you for learning about foundation paper piecing because yeah, I cannot wrap my head around it. It's actually really easy to do and it is a really handy technique to have, but it works in reverse, yeah? It does because the image is mirror image because when you're sewing onto the paper, sorry, you're sewing onto the printed side but your fabric appears on the unprinted side. So you're actually like flipping it upside down through the sewing machine and you actually don't see it come together in, until the end. So it's like a weird jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. And yeah. By the end it makes sense but the process does not make sense. Yeah, and I think it's that thing of yeah. – um I liken it to the quilting equivalent of jump rope because you have to be coordinated to get and your brain has to work at that right time and and I just I don't have it. I don't have the 
Yeah. Um, whereas I can't do jump rope, but I can paper. You can piece. paper piece like a fiend, and you are so quick at it. And oftentimes, I'm like, I would love us to make the same block, but you paper piece it, and I'll traditional piece it, and see which one of us is quicker. Yeah, and see which is quicker. Yeah. Because I think the thing with foundation piecing is you don't lose a lot of time in your cutting because your accuracy comes in your piecing, not in your cutting, whereas traditional patchwork, it, it's in the cutting. You need to have it accurate and precise to make all your blocks finish beautifully. But with foundation piecing, you're not worrying about bias edges. You're not worrying about, like, you know, um, having perfect quarter inch around the edge of your, your fabric, like, yeah, and you can use your scraps a lot Yeah, better. So it's great for a scrappy quilter. Yeah. That said, look, I do love a bit of traditional piecing to come back and, and have that precision, yep. but my heart's always going to belong to foundation piecing. Yeah. It, it's, it's just satisfying. And you're annoying because you do both well, but. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I am annoying, but I'm not sure if I do both well. Like, for different reasons. Let's just clarify that. Um, so <laughs> as well as foundation paper piecing, you're also a fabric designer with Riley Blake Designs and someone uh, we both respect and admire in the industry once said to us, you'll know you're a, a fabric designer, a successful fabric designer when you've got three collections or more. And how many have you got now? I have my fifth one coming out this year. Ding, 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 ding. So, yeah. Num- number five in yep. May. I know. It's a, it's a little bit... When the fourth one came out, which is Make, which that's the one in the shops currently, it's a sewing-themed line, when that came out, I was like, ah, I passed that that magic three hurdle, yep. and then now I've got a fifth one coming out, which is is really exciting. Yeah. yeah, and so I went to Court Market and actually debuted that one, which is the first time I've done that. and had I didn't have a full booth, but I had like a stand to display my fabrics, and that's the first time I've done that, and that was a lot of fun actually. Because so, you a whole different kind of challenge. Well, you and I went to Quilt Market together and we just realised 2017. Yes. And yeah, I know, at right? that Quilt Market, both of us were like, we're going to be fabric designers. And in, yeah. in a pattern that has mimicked our relationship for the last number of years, you went and did it and I'm still dreaming of it. And so <laughs> I'm not sure that's quite accurate of, of how we work, but well, I think you've still got it yeah, in you. Yeah, possibly somewhere. You went and did it, yeah. and then so you've come full circle because you just you were at that one in 2017. You were at the one in 2023, debuting a line. Yeah, and so I know it was like pinch me, like it was just yeah, it was it was surreal getting to do that because those are the only two markets I've attended. Yep. So I went to that one in 2017 with that idea of oh gosh, I'd love to be a fabric designer one day, and looking at these booths and just being in our utter admiration of the fabric designers. And then to go there last year and to be a fabric designer, it was, yeah, it was very surreal and very exciting because with my booth too, I had like a lot of foundation piece blocks too. So I could talk about my passion for foundation piecing and like, you know, share that with more people as well as fabric. So it's nice to kind of tie those two together. And so this is the Fussy Cutters Club obviously, and you are an FPP person and you, again, have an annoying ability to be able to fussy cut and FPP. So my brain struggles with just FPP, but you have the ability 
to fussy cut in your FPP. And you do some really cute stuff. Some of your patterns are made specifically for fussy cutting. And I'm thinking about the house that you've got where you can fussy cut someone into the windows and the door. Yeah. Um, And then you've got a range of economy square block. Which are perfect for fussy cutting. Yep. And then um, you've got... I always like the lighthouse that we did as part of the quarter inch quirk. Yes. Because so I was able to release fussy the cut. Kraken. Yes. I was able to fussy cut a little lady in the doorway yes. waiting for her sailor yep. partner. So fussy cutting's always been featured in your patterns to some extent. The yeah. other thing that I found very selfishly I was excited about when you got your fabric line is you tend to make prints that are fussy cut friendly as well yes which I really because appreciate. a wise quilter once told me that like the best size for fussy cutting is around 2.5 to maybe three inches and I always kept that in mind because I'm like I do like fussy cutting and that very clever quilter knows her stuff when it, she's talking about <laughs> fussy cutting so you know you can be selfishly glad for that but you're actually the reason yes <laughs> so I'll take it yeah you take that credit And actually, my next line, Bloom, the one that's coming out in May, it's an even slightly smaller scale. Um, And there's like lots of little, because it's Bloom, it's like floral sort of themed. There's lots of little bugs that you can fussy cut, little bees and ladybugs and mushrooms. So it's actually an even smaller scale that will work well. And you have a lot more prints on on the fabric. So you're not having such a Swiss cheese look to your fabric by the time you're done cutting out all the little fussy cuts. But that's so. Swiss cheese because you do uh, like let's – so let's talk about make because it's got my favourite mm. print in it, the scissors, the rainbow scissors. The scissors, um, yes. The good thing about the negative space that's around those scissors is, for example, if you're doing a um, fussy cut piecing and you want to centre that motif but – when you cut it, it runs into the next one or something like that. Because yes. there's so much negative space, you can cut for colour in between the scissors and then use those pieces to make your scissors float into a bigger space. And then for stuff yeah, like absolutely. foundation paper piecing, you've got a challenge coming up with TVs, you fussy cutting yes. TVs. Tiny TVs. Tiny TVs. Oh, now it makes me think of tiny uh, TV snacks. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you have to eat them while you actually do the challenge. That's part. Or your challenge is don't eat the TV snacks while you make tiny TVs. No, the, t- the, challenge, the challenge is <laughs> don't get chocolate from the TV snacks on your tiny TVs Ooh, when you're making them. So true. Yeah. It means that, like, if the scissors are in the middle, you can use that negative space color to fill in the rest of that foundation. As fillers. Piece. Yes. Absolutely. And that's something I tend to do if I fussy cut and like, you know, I want to just focus just on that fussy cut and I don't want little half broken bits of scissors or or worse, if you're cutting like an animal, I don't want like little just heads in my, in my pattern. So if you can use the filler space, that's really good too. Yeah. And that's how I maximize the Swiss cheese because everyone's always like, but I like fussy cutting because it's Swiss cheese. And you're like, well, no, you just got to think of inventive ways to use to use it. The rest and of it. If I'll just add, like, foundation piecing is perfect for using up scraps. So if you have Swiss cheese fabric, you can actually cut those pieces, 
to use, even if it's not featuring a fussy cut from that fabric, yep. use the colour. Yep. Or if it's like a tone on tone, that's brilliant to use in fussy in foundation piecing. And so that way you're not wasting fabric. You can get the best of both worlds, yeah. fussy cutting and using up those scraps. And I was thinking about you because we have this uh, combined love of a timeless treasure fabric sketch which is no longer available, yes. and we both cried Sadly. when they announced that it was no longer available. But I pulled it out for the first time in ages. Um, Me too, just the other day. Yeah, and I was <laughs> like, too funny. oh, man, I've forgotten how good this is because I've just got, I've got a rainbow box of it, and so I put it away for the good stuff, and I thought, no, it's time to get yeah. it back out. Um, it's time to use it. But that tone on tone, you're a big advocate of using tone on tone in your work and it adds depth and interest and texture to the prints that you're making. Do you, when you design a collection, do you try and balance out the fussy cut motif laden prints with some tone on tone so it's a well-rounded collection or you don't think about that stuff or... No, I definitely think about that. And I love to have a tone on tone if I can, because it's so versatile. Like your fussy cut, like I love a good fussy cut print, but sometimes there's only certain projects you can use it for, like makers or sewing themed. So you might not want to put a little sewing machine print on a baby quilt. I mean, you know, unless you're giving it to a quilter. But tone on tone, you can use in in anything. It doesn't matter the theme. It works in really well. And it's just especially with foundation piecing, tone on tone is perfect because you don't need to match anything. Like, you know, particularly if there's not, like if it's just a a sort of more random print, you don't have anything to match because you'll have a lot more seams in foundation piecing than you do traditionally piecing. So you can use it up really well there and it looks cohesive at the end. Even if there's a seam running right through it, if it's the tone on tone, it works well. I'm also a big fan of solids, which I like to – I in each of my collections, I have a list of um, Riley Blake confetti cotton solids that match with it, and those pair beautifully with the collection. One, I like to have a really big rainbow. Like, we both love that. We Ooh, both yeah. love a lot of colours. We're not just a seven-colour rainbow. We're like all the colours. The, the more, the better. So if I can add solids into my fabric collection and that just builds out a really big rainbow – in my foundation piecing, I can have a lot of colors. But I also recommend solids in foundation piecing because there's no right or wrong side. So how we were talking before, how you feel like you're sewing a bit backwards, you don't have to worry about which is the right side of the fabric, which is the wrong side, because there isn't one with solids. Yep. So I love my prints. I love my tone on tones. I love my solids. I just kind of like fabric. Yeah. <laughs> so. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Over the years, we've done a lot of discussion about what fabrics out there, who's bought out what, whether yeah. it works, why it doesn't work. Favorite prints. Yep. Um, yes. And we have we have overlap of stuff we love, but we're still very different in how that plays out in our work. Yes. And so that's always been really nice to have. I would say complementary styles, Absolutely. not necessarily competing styles. Now, you gave a tip there that was really good for beginner foundation paper pieces that I had never thought about is 
there is no right or wrong side to solids. So they're really, if you're just starting out in foundation paper piecing and you're looking to understand how it works and get wrap your head around it, solids are a really great place to start. And Absolutely. then you talk a lot about how many more seams there are in foundation paper piecing. But that's the beauty of FPP is that you can create a lot of pictorial blocks where they depict a picture um, yeah. over a traditional patchwork, geometric-based. So is that what attracted you to FPP or? Yeah. It, yeah, it is, absolutely. Um, I think initially, like, it was probably one of my very early projects in the first year of quilting when I, when I found a pattern I liked with foundation piecing. It was a cute little bird. And I was like, I am onto this because it wasn't a shape I could create with, like, squares and rectangles. So I love that I can get these whimsical, quirky designs without having lots of tiny one-inch squares that I have to cut and try to press in. Like you, this, don't don't get me wrong, there are some tiny, tiny pieces in my patterns because there is there's a fine line between getting that detail in foundation piecing and having an excessive amount of seams. It's a bit of a yeah, it's a very fine line to walk. So sometimes there are tiny pieces, but foundation piecing is a bit more forgiving so you can actually because you don't have to necessarily sew with a tiny one inch square you could maybe use a three inch square and then just cut the excess off so you have lots of seams but the benefits are you can get some really cool designs and you can even get circular look a circular look in your design in your block without sewing curves it's all straight lines like foundation piecing is all straight lines it's sewing by number and you can get really cool designs from it, which you, you wouldn't think at first when you first look at it. But it just opens up a whole world of patterns because you can have a design on any any theme that you can imagine. And there you know, are. And there like, are people. There are. Everything under the sun. Yeah. You, you know, pretty much I, I once had a commission to make a pattern for a wood plane. You know, the tool the carpenters use? Yep. I never thought I'd be designing that, but I had someone approach me and say, I really need this for a carpenter friend. I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's probably not something you could do in traditional piecing to get the detail. With foundation piecing, that it really opens up a range of designs and patterns that you can make for your next themed block, you know, or themed quilt. So in my head as a traditional piecer, it goes foundation paper piecing with solids, foundation paper piecing with like, so that's the basic entry level, then foundation paper piecing with prints just where they fall. So that's step two. So step three on the ladder is foundation paper piecing with fussy cuts. And you are running a challenge that kicks off today and we've got the links for people and everything so they can go and find it out. And you're going to teach them how to fussy cut and foundation paper piece. I am taking the challenge because, quite frankly, Excellent. I am a little bit challenged and I need the, <laughs> I need the help. Can you tell me what your top trick tip, without giving away too much, is there something that yeah. you're like, this changed my way of foundation paper piecing and fussy cutting? Oh, that's a big ask. I know. So I look, I think a couple of things and like probably my biggest tip when I yeah, and this applies definitely to fussy cutting, but for any foundation piecing, use a bigger piece of fabric than you think. Don't try and scrimp and save and just cut to the perfect size. 
give yourself more space to work with. And like we were talking before about prints that have some negative space, that's perfect because you have enough space around to allow you to put it in the place you need or even shift it around if you want it to not be perfectly in the center or and make Angie twitch if it's a little bit off center. You could do that. Or upside down. Or <laughs> upside down. Just please don't chop any animals' heads off when you do it. <laughs> like try and keep them in, in centered. But I think that's one of the biggest things that I find helpful with foundation piecing and with fussy cutting. Just give yourself some wiggle room. It makes your life so much easier. But look, with the challenge, um, I have videos walking you through on like, you know, talking about the fabrics, like we've, we've talked a little bit about today. I've got a video on how to fussy cut in your foundation piecing. Like it, sometimes it's very easy. It's the very first section in your pattern and you can just put it down, pin it in place. You know it's going to be perfect. But sometimes you have a pattern where the fussy cut piece is not the first one. So you've already got a few seams and you have to work at a bit of an angle. So I'll also be showing how you can do that just to give a bit of an idea how you work with angles and foundation piecing. And I think that's probably where we're moving to a, a, a more advanced level in foundation piecing with fussy cutting is when you have those angles and you have to place the fabric in the right place to fold it back to land where you want it, particularly for fussy cutting. Yeah, that's – But the, it's doable. That's it's the bit very that trips doable. me up. Yeah. But yeah. To, I've never invested the time in learning either and so – that's the thing that I think. I can't complain that I don't get it and I don't understand it when I've never tried to get it or understand it. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to try this. Plus the TVs are super cute. And they're little. Tiny so TVs. I think it's tiny TVs from four inches up to eight inch square, Yeah. which means like in the four inch block, which is the one we'll be making in the challenge, you can use a fussy cut fabric piece that measures around three inches wide by two and a half inches tall so you can get some of those really cute prints and then after the challenge is done I will have the additional sizes available so if you find a perfect print in your stash that you're like I need to fussy cut this and it's huge then the eight inch tv might work perfectly it's just like if you go to Harvey Norman and there's tvs in all those different sizes that's what we're doing <laughs> don't mention that the husband is yeah. lobbying hard for a new tv at the moment um, we give him a fabric one. Here's a new TV. I'll fussy cut some Star <laughs> Wars in the middle. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Struth, yeah, his birthday is coming up. Yeah. Yeah, look, I've just solved all your problems. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. So much cheaper than a new TV. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Except I have the foundation paper piece for it. That's how he'll know I love him. It. So, um, right, that is the epitome of love. Yeah, and absolutely, it's always funny because I am very envious of the quilts that you make, but I can't get past my fear of foundation paper piecing. And we've been mates for a long time, so Australian. We've been mates for a long time. Mates, um, yeah, but it's like seeing a magician perform. I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to know how you do it. I just like looking at yeah. the end product. Just like the results. Yeah, because, and I know this isn't fussy cut related, but you've made some, like your pattern club quilts are amazing. They're all themed. Oh, thank you. They're, what are they? They're 12, 12 blocks uh, pattern club, all on a specific theme. Yes. Plus a setting setting layout. Yeah, to actually make it, make it into a quilt. Yeah. And yeah. 
just I have yet to see one that someone in the club has made where I haven't – it doesn't just stop you in my tracks. Like the patterns, the motifs that you choose, the way that you put them together, there's just something really special about it. And now you're doing the Make Mine Mini. Yes, yes, which, the membership. Yeah, and so a yeah. similar thing is it? Tell me about it. Sell me on it, it's- baby. Sell you on it. Oh, because I, yeah, well, I have seven years and I haven't sold you on foundation piecing, but I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a slow burn. <laughs> a real slow burn. Really slow. <laughs> uh, um, so make my mini. The th- so, sorry, I will go back a little bit. With foundation piecing, one of the things that often puts people off is it takes a bit longer. It's uh, It can be time-consuming um, because there are more seams. You've got more sewing to do. So you Unless it's like a, a quite sim- simple block, it's going to take a bit of time. I'll just add in, in the challenge, the TVs took me 15 minutes to make a block. So they were nice and quick. But if you're talking something like the Pattern Club, some of those can take hours to make one block. So when you're making a whole quilt, there is a lot of time going into that. And what, for me, I like sometimes like a, a quick finish. I like to have something done and go, look what I did today. Like I've been productive. I've made something cool. And that's why I came up with Make My Mini. So it's a monthly membership and it's about mini quilts. So it's literally one foundation piece block that you can turn into a mini quilt. And I have it in various sizes, starting at 15 inches and sort of going up so that you can have the mini quilt size that you like. And then because it's Make Mine Mini, it's not just mini quilts. I also have a companion pattern, which is smaller. And that's five inches up to 10 inches. And that's just a little one off. Make it into a mini quilt, put it into another project, make a a cushion, a pillow, a tote bag, whatever you like. It's just a little extra that sort of like a companion pattern to the mini quilt. But the big thing there is it's doable. Like you've got a whole month and you can make a mini quilt and you can go, look what I've done. Whereas with a pattern club, which I love the pattern clubs, but if you really want to sink your teeth in and have a big project, then we do that over six months so it doesn't feel so overwhelming to create a foundation piece quilt. So it's kind of best of both worlds. Big projects, small projects, all the foundation paper piecing. Plus the Make Mine Mini is perfect for anyone who's entering mini quilt swaps too. Like if you're Absolutely. big in the swapping thing. Plus you don't have to turn them into mini quilts. You can turn them into cushions or pillows depending on which side of the hemisphere you're on. And yes. so there's lots of versatility. You can use them in bag making as well so do panels on like a weekender or um you know all of that yeah or put them into a quilt if they fit a particularly themed quilt yeah the beauty is the patterns are pdfs they're digital so once you've got the patterns they're yours to keep forever you don't have to make it the month that it's current you can save it and come back to it later like you know you might go oh my goodness i have the perfect project and I need a gnome pattern. And ta-da, there's one that's been in Make Mine Mini, yes. and that's yours, and you can make it whenever you want. So I think the big thing about Make Mine Mini is just having that that option to make something on a smaller scale and a bit quicker and to have a finished product because that's one of my favorite things is to get to the end and go, look what I made. Yeah, like, and you're annoying. Oh, I've been busy today. Because we can do... <laughs> So we, we've established I'm annoying. <laughs> yeah, but so am I. So we can't sleep to that. Yeah, that's why we're friends. 
Because like, you'll go, I'm going off to sew, and I go, yeah, me too, and I'll make, like, two blocks, and you'll come back, I made all of this. And I'll be like, holy, <laughs> I made three quilts. Um, oh, look, I don't, I don't know if that's a particularly a benefit of foundation paper piecing, but I'm not having to spend time cutting fabrics precisely, which that, that's a benefit. Yeah, well, I did a um, – so my mum now does our – she's our chief financial officer and she's on at me to record how long things take me so we can properly cost stuff. Ah, and That takes the fun out of it. Oh, right. I'm not a lawyer. On, I don't have nine. billable hours. Um, right. But I was sewing blocks for a sampler, surprise, surprise, and yeah. I timed how long it took me from start to finish to make 10 blocks. Yeah. And admittedly, I'm fussy cutting, so obviously I'm that spending time, time auditioning fabric, da, 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 da. but it took me four hours to do 10 blocks. And so yeah. if there's 100 blocks in the quilt that's 40 hours just on the blocks themselves and so um I love that you can push out a tv in 15 minutes because I can't do oh someone's gonna do the math hang on oh I can't math this no this is my foundation paper piece I don't have to do quilt maths it's great oh I need Grant and his degree in maths to come down here yeah but I'm pretty sure four hours divided by ten. Hang on, four by sixty. Oh, I've got nothing. Yeah, working in minutes. It's twenty-four minutes a block, right? Okay. So that's yeah. from cutting fabric to piecing to ironing to sticking it on the design wall. Twenty-four minutes, and you did a TV yeah. in fifteen. It is only a four-inch block. Let's just add that in. These but. are only eight. <laughs> Okay, I've got nothing. I'm trying to help here. Like, work with me. <laughs> I told you I was annoying. Yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> that's the thing that always blows my mind is because I go, oh, I don't want a foundation paper piece. It takes too long. Mm. But the reality is they're very compara- compar- comparable in yeah. time. Very similar. Yeah. And yeah. so it depends on the complexity of the pattern because that said is I've got others that are quite detailed um in my previous pattern clubs they were sort of more an advanced level for under the sea and in the garden and some of those would might take me three to four hours for one block um so it it depends on the pattern but you know you've, you've got a huge range of things that you can do and and there's ways you can speed it up like, you know, like I pre-cut my fabric ahead of time. I don't cut it perfectly to size. I rough cut it and then I stack it in the order that I'm going to piece. And I do that for every section as I'm piecing. So it just streamlines the process. So there's little tips and tricks you can do like that that do speed it up a little bit. And, you know, like when you're traditional piecing and you can chain piece. I know people who chain piece when they foundation piece. So if there's like a particular block and the motif is repeated across the blocks, then they will make the same one like a chain piece sort of style and that speeds things up too. So, you know, it's probably one of the biggest complaints I hear is foundation piecing takes a while, but, you know, traditional piecing can take a while too, depending on the block. It comes down to the pattern and the complexity. A farmer's wife block that has 72 pieces in a six-inch block, it's going to take time. Like it's not. And so I think... 
But that's the beauty of quilting, right? Because some people yes. will put out a pattern that's really simple and you can knock one up in a weekend and have it done and gifted and and that's amazing. And then there's other patterns where like the Dear Jane or um, the La Passe yes. or something, you know, super complicated and people spend years completing them. Yeah. But then they've achieved that and there's everything in between. And so and it's one of the things I think – I'm very selfish and very happy to have a quilty friend that makes something so different to what I do that I get to enjoy and bask in the glow of watching you knock over these quilts because you are prolific. And I know, I know you're like, oh, I just get in and I do it and I work my to do list and I'm like, eh. but you are prolific. <laughs> like, <laughs> prolific and annoying. <laughs> Annoyingly prolific. There we go. Combine them. <laughs> um, but I think that's a testament to the fact that you love it, right? And so that joy Absolutely. is there uh, and you have that love of fabric and love of print and love of design. And, and colour. Oh, colour. Yeah. Um, but colour. we haven't I mean, even touched on. For days. I know. I'm looking at <laughs> you've got trees stuck to your design wall, not literal trees but yes. FPP trees, which are very cute. We haven't even talked yeah. about the stuff where you do fussy cutting for like fur or leaves or, you know, where you use the print yes. to give the illusion. To create the texture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's times where you've done stuff. You've got a mouse, a mouse pattern that's coming out now um, that's yes. super cute and we'll, we'll have links to all of this. But, again, it's one of those ones where I think like a Carolyn Friedlander texture-based print in grey would look super cute. Absolutely. The fur. And you'll laugh because when I was auditioning fabrics, I pulled out, that's when I pulled out the sketch fabric because I was like, oh, this would work well. But the only thing is sometimes you've, you've got to pick carefully what you do because if there's a bit of a directional print to it, like there is with sketch because it's like a grid yeah. almost, like an organic grid, but it's still there. If you piece that into a foundation piece pattern and all the lines are going or all skew with angles, it detracts from the pattern. So in my mouse, I use sketch on the tummy where it's just like a straight straight part, but the actual grey of the mouse I did with um, like uh, one of my prints from a previous collection that just has little hexes scattered across it. But look, it's not to say you can't do it, It's but this would sort of come back. It is, it's a version of fussy cutting. You're not highlighting a certain part of the print but you are planning where the print will go when you're foundation piecing and it can be done with directional fabric in paper piecing oh, yeah. it's just going to take you longer and it's going to take more fabric but it's that that thing of training your brain to see it that way and to understand yes. I'm not spatially spatially aware and you and I um, have a little guilty habit that we that joins us together that we used to play computer games together and you are well aware of how unspatially aware I am. And I, I mean I was usually following you over a cliff so I'm right there with you on the spatial awareness. But and so I think with me and FPP I struggle because it's working in the reverse, the mirror image, and then having yeah. to flip stuff over and and it's just one step too far for my brain. But I yeah. wish I could do it because I've seen you pattern match across foundation paper piecing 
stripes. <laughs> like, oh, that that's like the best achievement ever. Like if I can get a gold star, it's when I can make my my print stripes match across the seam. Like that is like that's like eating a block of chocolate. It's like yes, yeah. <laughs> that was without feeling sick and guilty afterwards, <laughs> and no weight gain. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yep. So it's way better. Yeah. But, yeah, if you can match the seams, because which, look, you can do. Um, and, it, again, I, I do think it is, it's not the traditional definition of fussy cutting, but it is. It's intentional. Where your print is, it is an intentional way of pacing, play, placing your fabric and planning where it's going to go. And, look, I think if you you have the time and the the willingness to spend on it, you can do those things. Like, it's funny when you say like you have no spatial awareness. Neither do I. That's what I don't understand what it is that clicks in my brain with foundation piecing because I can't reverse parallel park a car to save my life. Like I cannot figure that stuff out. I will like trip over a bump in the sidewalk. Like I am not great with that sort of spatial stuff and what's going on around me. But when it comes to foundation piecing, there's just something that clicks. And I also think it's very much a case of the more you do it, the more it becomes muscle memory yeah, and your brain just goes, oh yeah. And so like if I've taken a break and done a traditional piece quilt for a couple of days and it's been a little bit before I foundation piece, then I'll have those moments where I'm hanging out with my seam ripper because I've placed a piece of fabric wrong. It just, it just takes that moment for your brain to go, that's right. It's like Shakespeare. It's quilting's version of Shakespeare. You need a few minutes for your brain to adjust to the language. To adjust. And get back into that rhythm. But you inadvertently hit on something else then when you were saying, and I hope people picked it up, if I've sewn a traditional patchwork for a couple of days and then come back to FPP, you are sewing FPP all the time. Like it's not like you go weeks without quilting or patchworking or so you are in it all the time like I often jokingly refer to us as professional sports people because we are constantly working on our craft training (laughs) and honing our skills absolutely but that's the key right if you want to get good at anything Mm. you have to spend and invest the time and so one of the things that you offer people is there's a beginner's foundation paper piecing course Yes. Where you share yep, your and tips. foundation paper piecing made easy. Yeah, you share your tips and tricks. that's what I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that I find really frustrating with me is it is easy if I sit down and spend the time on it, but because I spend so much time in traditional patchwork, I can do that on autopilot to a large extent. And so yes. transitioning between traditional patchwork and foundation paper piece, I have to use my noggin and, quite frankly, I ain't got time for that. Yeah. And so. I understand that. (laughs) If I was a hobby sewer, then I think I would totally swim in both pools. Like I would go, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this. Oh, no, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to do this quilt here. Because your under the sea quilt nearly had me foundation paper piecing because I was like, it's just so beautiful. And the is it a galaxy? You did a galaxy one? Galaxy, yeah, yeah, with um, and they're more traditional style blocks, but all foundation piece. Yep. Um, and yeah. so, like, 
you know, you've done a really good job of tempting over the years. And I think if I was a hobbyist, then yeah, I would dabble there and I would dabble there. But it's the same reason yeah. I'm not a quilter and I send all my stuff to Rayleigh to Longarm is to me that's a yes. very specific skill set. Absolutely. And you invest the time to build that skill set. And if you want to be good, you have to invest the time. You have to put in a bit of time. And it's like anything. You're not going to be good the very first time you do it. Like, you know, you might you might magically make it work brilliantly. But, with I mean, with foundation piecing, if you follow along and, like, you know, cut your fabric to size and everything, you will end up with a block that looks like it should by the end. But you do need to invest a bit of time into it. And just let your brain build up that skill as well and just sort of practice it and don't dive into something really complex because that will put you off you you dive in like you know like I mean pardon the pun but like my under the sea if you were like oh I'm going to sew that one and it was the most complex block in there and you're dealing with teeny pieces and you know all the rest then you're going to walk away from it and go I can't foundation paper piece when it's actually not the case it's just you haven't built the skills first you just need to have some of those basics you know, un- under your belt before you sort of dive into the the more complex ones. I will add, like, as a, a caveat to that, though, is once you've got the technique, you can, like, tackle any patterns. Once you've figured out how it works and, like, flipping the fabric back and all the rest of it, then and how to join your sections together and match your seams, then, you like, you could still consider yourself a beginner, like you might have only been doing it for a few months. You can still tackle a complex oh, pattern. Yeah. Because the process is exactly the same, it's just going to take you a little bit longer. And, I mean, the same with traditional piecing, right? Yeah. You could make a nine patch. It's the same skills to do some of the bigger ones. It's probably harder with uh, traditional piecing because with FPP, the foundational skills don't change. The, the technique you use doesn't change. But with traditional piecing, if you throw into the mix a Y seam or a partial seam mm. or anything that's not like a straight line, so if you're going to do 60-degree tri- triangles where they have to be offset a little bit when you stitch them together and so you have to understand yeah. how to place those pieces, I feel like traditional, and it might be just bias on my point, but the, I think the core skills for traditional are quite a bit more extensive. It's a much bigger range. Than the core Absolutely. skills for FPP because, as you said, yeah. it's transferable across everything. You're just refining and understanding how to line up those pieces a little bit so that when they flip it back, you've covered all of the piece that you need and that the print's lined up how yeah. you would like it and all of those sorts of things. So it fascinates me. And I think I could spend hours talking about, you know, what you do in FPP and what we do in traditional. And and one of the things we tried with Quarter Inch Quirk was to mix foundation paper piece with traditional. Yeah. And no pressure, but I'd love to revisit that again in some ways because I am completely different now in my skill set to where I was when we first started. But Yeah, same. I think the other thing is you have – what is it, 300 and something patterns? It's up there. Yeah, it's edging up there probably close to 400 these days. Yeah. Yeah, because I love designing them as well as sewing them. On a a nerdy, a nerdy thing, 
have you realised that your pattern count nearly mirrors your mount count in WoW? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> do you I like? Did not that. Do you like to collect no. stuff? No, I don't. Maybe. Oh, hang on. <laughs> um, so, if if someone was listening, and I hope someone is listening, <laughs> just you know, I hope someone's listening. No, no. Please listen. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grant. Um, if someone's listening who is keen to, I haven't put them off FPPing and they're keen yeah. to get going, we'll put together some links of some easy beginner patterns that you've got um, and, of course, the Absolutely. beginner's course um, so that they yeah. can get across that and learn those skills. Is there a pattern that you kind of off the top of your head go, that was my gateway pattern, that was the? I actually have a free pattern that you can download and I've got a video tutorial that goes with it to teach you how to foundation piece. It's just the the surface level basics to get you started and it's a heart on a spool. So you can start with that and, you know, we all like spools and we're quilters, right? We like thread. So it's just a little heart on a spool so it's a cute pattern and it comes in a range of sizes and there's a step-by-step video to watch and get you started. So that's just the basic one that you can start with and see if you like it. And then if you're really kind of enjoying it, that's when you can jump into the Foundation Paper Piecing Made Easy course because that's where I will give you all my hints and tips. I will tell you how to deal with angles, how to join sections. We go from like picking fabric and reading reading patterns all the way to completing a foundation piece quilt in the course. But start there. Start simple. Like I'm, I've got free patterns in my shop as well. Because I, I just want people to get a feel for what foundation piecing is and give it a go. So I'm I, I working to make it as accessible as possible to everyone. So free video, free download, get started. And then, yeah, we can put together like a, a listing of some of the easier patterns. I have had complete beginners make their very first project my vintage geometric sewing machine. And so it's a silhouette of the vintage machine and it's broken into like geometric sort of shapes. And usually I make it in rainbow because in color order, because that's my favorite. But I have had absolute beginners use that as their first project. I would probably suggest starting on something a little easier just for your first couple of goes. But then, like I said, once you've got those skills, jump on in and give it a go. Like, yeah, you'd be surprised at what you can achieve once you've figured out those basic skills of how to do it. And people really love it. Like really those people that fall in love with FPP are like FPP diehard. Fanatics. Yeah, they're like the Swifties of the quilting world. Yeah. And and I don't blame them because the ability to make something that looks like something else is really addictive, like to be able to make that in fabric. And there are some amazing artists out there that are making full-size picture picture quilts and things like that. Um, Yeah. And so I often chuckle because I remember my math teacher going, you'll need this geometry when you get older, and thinking, no, I won't. (laughs) And now all I do is make geometric shapes day in, day out. But with FPP, you get the world essentially to play with. And so yeah. that's really exciting and, and I hope people walk away from this episode going, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Like, And then give it a go. have fun with their fabrics and what they buy and start thinking about, you know, what's going to look good as a bark 
for a tree trunk, what looks good yes. as the wooden handle on that wood plane that everyone's going to yeah. rush out and make. Um, right. <laughs> what looks like metal in fabric, what looks like. Yeah. Because it is essentially like mosaicing with fabric in. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Or collage. Yeah. And just, you know, picking out the perfect background that's not going to compete with the feature of the block but complement it like I mean it's like that in traditional piecing like you know it's picking the fabrics is half the fun but foundation piecing you can just take it to that little next level because you're making a picture so you can choose the fabrics that fit that like you might go pick up a sparkly fabric that you can use to represent something that you want to really highlight in your block yeah so just like, you know, add not at all responsible for any stash acquisition after this discussion, but, you know, <laughs> look, it doesn't hurt to have options. Here's my thing, and this is the controversial opinion for this podcast, but no one said to Michelangelo, you only need three chisels. I don't want to see you have any more chisels than right. three. That's it. Or limit how many paint colours he had? No. Did they say no? No. No one said to Van Gogh, look, sunflowers. Just a plain yellow, mate. That's all you need. Yep. One yellow. One brown. One green. You're done. And done. <laughs> that's the same with our fabric. I'm like, I think there is responsible stash acquisition. I am not advocating that anyone bankrupts their family to buy fabric. But yep. if you're an artist, and we are, and it it's a personal bugbear of mine when people are like, oh, it's just handcraft. I'm just doing it. No, mate, you yeah, are no. creating art. That is specific it is to you. Creative. If you need with your stamp on it, yeah. If that's how you're gonna going to translate someone else's pattern is through the fabrics you use. Knock yourself out. Like buy what Absolutely. makes you happy. Add to your stash. Get rid of the stuff that's not making you happy. Marie Kondo it with gratitude. Give it to somebody else. But your stash is your palette. So go have fun with it and. And be open Absolutely to what agree. what possibilities are in that stash. So, yeah, with that out of the way, let's annoyingly talk about another feather in your <laughs> cap. You are the art director, creative director for Make Modern creative director. magazine. Yes, yep, which is a digital magazine. Um, we're in our tenth year, uh, which is amazing. Year, which it's incredible, right? I'm like, it's it's hard to believe we're coming into our, it's our tenth birthday in September. So Make Modern, it's by quilters, it's for quilters. Every issue is over 100 pages. Um, We have 10 projects every issue and they vary. You'll find some foundation piecing in there. You'll find plenty of traditional. um, We have applique, you know, curves. We try and cater to all tastes, different levels from beginner through to advanced. Plus added to that, we have some really cool columns and a bunch of articles. Our editor writes some beautiful articles in the magazine we also have a gallery for a bit of like quilty eye candy where we focus on a theme and we share things that other people have made um, and include links so that you can go you know if you get inspired and want to make it yourself the magazine comes out every two months so you can get six issues a year you can buy just one issue try it out or you can subscribe and come and join us you know and make it your next quilty read yeah so it's yeah, because you can read it wherever you are in the world. It's a PDF. As long as you can access a PDF, you can access Make Modern. You know, you don't have to wait for it to arrive in the mail. It doesn't take up any room in your sewing room, so more room for fabric. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. But, yeah. On the podcast, it has you got to tick if it's an explicit content 
on there, right, which I cannot yeah. find a list of what constitutes explicit content, so I just always tick yes. Yeah. But I think on this one we should have an enabling content. Just tick enablers. Yes. Here we are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Go so you – So Make Modern has run the odd fussy cut column, the fussy cut article, yes, fussy we've cut done a gallery as well. Yep. Yeah. So big advocates of the fussy cut world. Yay. And I yeah. wrote a column for Make Modern for yes. – couple of years you're with us for yeah ages and you've contributed beautiful patterns as well yep one of my first ever magazine patterns was with make modern and it's still one of my favorites uh but yeah Yeah. so it's a an australian born but international magazine 10 years old and i'm not spoiling that by saying that you guys are just going from strength to strength right it's not like you've reached the limit of how much stuff you can share on the magazine. It's creativity, it's inspiration, it's quilts. Like there's not a finite end to that. So there's always something we can share about. There's always a topic we can use for a gallery. There's a topic for an article that we can share about or something in one of the columns. Yeah, there's there's a lot in each magazine. Um, Like we, we put our hearts and souls into it there's quite a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes but here we are 10 years later so we still love it yeah so we're still here 10 years on I know when (laughs) lots of magazines have shut up shop like publishing houses have closed down in this space while you guys have been in business I'm not saying those two things are connected but (laughs) (laughs) your own conclusions So you guys have got the longevity there. And I think, did I read yeah. it correctly? The cost of a mag is less than a cup of coffee. Is that? Or it might the, be around it. Yeah. Because we offer it in both AUD and USD. US. So you can shop in Australian dollar or you can shop in US dollar. You know, And even if that's not what your preferred currency, it'll automatically convert it at the checkout too. But, yeah, I mean, you can get a subscription for like um, – Oh, you're going to test my memory, for like 50 US for the year. Yeah. And that's like six magazines in there. Yeah. So, which if yeah, if there's 10, say there's 10 projects, minimum 10 projects in every, epi- every episode, every issue, and then yeah. it's costing you $11, say $11 for an issue. Eleven ninety five because um, we've just put our, pro- our prices up. It's one one of the first times we've done a price crop. So increase. say twelve bucks. I think we've done it. Yeah, right? it's like twelve dollars. That's a dollar twenty a projects. A dollar twenty a right. pattern. You and you're supporting in- indie designers. Yeah, like our contributors vary every issue. We have different contributors, so you're getting to try out different quilting patterns and finding new to you designers, which is a really fun benefit. And you guys pay really well, which is something that we don't often talk about in the industry because we're women and we don't like talking about money, um, which is crazy because we're all in business. But you guys actually pay contributors really well and have really generous terms around how long before you can individually sell those patterns if you contribute and stuff like that which is great because it is a reflection of the core motto of make modern to support pattern designers and support the industry and help grow our industry which again is another thing that runs behind quiet play as well because your goal is to go out there and convert everyone to fpping 
Yeah, if I can. Yeah. <laughs> My goal if is to put stop them off you. with this chat. <laughs> so it's a really lovely full circle. You are completely immersed in the quilting industry. You love it. You support it. We love you for it. I personally adore you. And nah, thanks. Thanks for joining me. We'll yeah, talk again soon. Thank you for having me. So, Especially when we're talking about foundation piecing, it's not your favourite. So thank you. No, but <laughs> you humour me by making your fabric fussy cut friendly and yeah. fussy cut friendly patterns. And I hear there might be a gnome in the works. And potentially, um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff you've done for me over the years that I'm very grateful for. But, yes. So thanks for coming. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. And everyone, rush off, join the challenge because that's where I'm going. I'm looking forward to sharing some of my tiny TVs. Tiny TVs. I can't wait to see them. Yeah. Lots of animal butts. (laughs) Oh, great. Can't wait. (laughs) I don't know which is worse, animal butts or decapitated heads. Pick one. I await your TV with both in it. <laughs> I mean, the National Geographic of tiny TVs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And have that awkward conversation. Mum, what are those animals doing? They're just hugging. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Fussy Cutters podcast. Enjoyed listening? Why not subscribe so you'll never miss an episode? Did you know the quickest way to the heart of any podcaster is to leave a review or recommend the podcast to a friend? It's true. It is. Until next week, get out there and fondle that fabric.